0: Welcome to the Vell Institute podcast. I'm your humble servant and host, Terry Weaver. Our mission for this podcast is to bring you stories about veterans, entrepreneurs, and leaders who are doing fascinating things with their lives. Our hope is to inspire you because we believe that inspired individuals will change lives, both theirs and others for the good. Vell Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we're asking for your support. There are two ways to do that. One, by getting involved with our mission, and two, by contributing financially. Please visit velinstitute.org. that's V-E-L-Institute.org, to help us make an impact. Welcome to the Vell Institute podcast. We have a really exciting podcast for you today. My guest today is J.P. Lane, and guys, I'm not going to do a huge intro because I want you to get right into this. I will tell you this, though. I mentioned to J.P. that that he was one of the most inspirational humans that I've ever heard talk, and it's the truth. So here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. If this podcast inspires you, which I know it will, I want you to share it with three people that you know. This guy is incredible, and you've probably heard about the links—the links that a human spirit can go, and he is an example of that. He overcame so much. You're going to learn about when he was on American Idol. You're going to learn about when he was blown up by a 200-pound bomb. You're going to learn about him traveling uh, to over 250 speaking and singing engagements after he recovered, after he lost his legs. He's an inspirational human. He's one of the most inspiring human beings I know. And it's with incredible pleasure and honor to share his story with you. Hope you enjoy. J.P. Lane, what's going on, my friend? Not much. You doing all right?
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, still pumped up from last night. So, Man, we
0: had 200 veterans entrepreneurs in a room um, just packed, totally packed yeah. and they came out to be inspired, man. And, uh, your journey, which I want to get into is, is a really inspiring journey. I mean, I, we had people, you know, coming up to me at the end of the night, thanking me for, for organizing this and, but, but they were crying and saying, man, I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think some people can go through life and just get into the grind and not slow down to think about how grateful we are as a people. Yeah. What do you think about that?
1: No, I agree. Uh, I, it's it's always good to take a step back and and maybe even look at other people's lives and how they're living and how they may be blessed or how they may be struggling and kind of realize that, you know what? My, my life, I've just been going on uh, this path, but I don't realize that, People have it worse than I do. And it's not, a, it's not a negative thing to take a step back from what you're doing in your, on your path and in your walk and, and be able to look at the outside, the things around you. And I hope that they were able to take a piece of my story and be like, well, if that guy can do it, I can certainly do it. So, so if
0: somebody walked out of there with an excuse tonight... Oh. I, I hope I find out so I can follow up with them and, and talk to them. We'll bring
1: them this. to the gym yeah.
0: after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll bounce around a little bit, but I do want to talk about a couple things. I want to ask you one, because I think it's just kind of novel and cool, about American Idol. And I, I wasn't a huge fan of American Idol yeah. until my kids started getting into it. And then we just... It's so cool to see the talent that's out there, man. Mm -hmm. These hidden... And some people hide their gifts for so long and then they finally release them into the world and they change the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I I don't think you hit them, but some people hide them. Um, But tell me a little bit about American Idol, what that meant, how that went. Yeah. Just tell me a little bit. What, What are your favorite, some highlights?
1: So, uh, it was a really cool experience. I got to go from city to city uh, during the auditions, and uh, like you said, there's so many people with talents, and I got to meet a lot of these people and um, literally tell them my story, and by the time we were done talking, they were just so impacted. They were, they were no longer nervous to go into their audition. so that was always awesome and they were just hopefully uplifted and, and realized that, man, there's other people out there that are trying to live their dream that are in worse off situations and, and I can go ahead and, and do this audition and kill it. And so uh, I met so many awesome people during the auditions and it wasn't until one of my favorite moments was uh, my dad and I were in San Francisco and I was doing my last audition <clears throat> and it was very funny because at this time my head started getting big and you mm-hmm. shouldn't ever let your your mind and your head and everything get so big to the point where you're no longer being who you're supposed to be and it was getting that way so I actually prayed before my last audition and I was like God if you want if you, if I'm not on the right path right now, and, and I'm going in a wrong direction, then I need a sign. I need you to show me something because I could already tell my head was getting too big and people were starting to know who I am and all this stuff. And I didn't necessarily want that. I just wanted to remain humble as possible and just tell my story and sing. And so I went to the third audition and... I did a song called Banana Pancakes by Jack oh, yeah. Johnson. Oh, I love that you
0: could sing that well.
1: Yeah, I love that song. And I just, the funny thing was, I wasn't going to do that song. But before the audition, I was just jamming to it. And my dad's like, why are you not doing that song? You sound great with that song. I'm like, okay. And sure enough, I do the song for the judges. And they're like, uh, you did better than all the other auditions, but we're looking for something else. And I'm like, okay, see you later. I left, I was done because um, I knew that was God's sign that even though um, I wanted to do music, it's not necessarily the right path that he wanted me to do. And so we leave the, the audition area and the greatest shirt on planet earth was made after that moment. My dad and I were walking the streets of San Francisco and we saw a cool little um, shirt like building on the corner and they did custom made shirts. And my dad's like, you should make a shirt called Nice that says Nice Try Afghanistan. And I was like, Dad, we didn't fight Afghanistan, we fought the Taliban. So I'll take that idea and put nice try Taliban. And that's where my favorite shirt came from. Nice. So yeah, And, and
0: like, I've seen you I've seen you wear that shirt. Looks good on you man. Yeah, thank
1: you.
0: let's let's talk a little bit about the Taliban because there, there could be somebody that are, that's listening to this podcast or just watching, watching you for the first time, and they don't know your story. So um, just tell us a little bit about your story.
1: Yeah, um, so I joined the Army, obviously, in 2008, and we deployed to Afghanistan in 2010. And my job was to search for IEDs and clear the routes. So ultimately, uh, my my group of soldiers, my platoon, would go in a convoy in trucks, search for IEDs, and make sure the road was safe before any of the other soldiers went went through. So we did that every single day, every morning. It was nonstop routine, and and all of a sudden, uh, I get blown up, and it kind of. Woke me up, like, yeah, we're definitely in a war zone, obviously, and things are happening. And but my soldiers were okay, so I was like, this is fine, getting blown up and that only the truck getting hurt is okay.
0: But now, ex- explain that just a little bit. Um, these are these are trucks that are reinforced to actually you guys were out searching for bombs to clear them so other. U.S. troops could drive through and other civilians probably, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So, for example, some of the trucks that we drove were uh, called RG31s, the Buffalo, the Husky. So these are all vehicles that are in what's called a route clearance package or convoy. And so these trucks are massive. A lot of the... Uh, civilians, they're so cute. It's, they ask me, Are, were you in a Humvee? Uh-huh. I'm like, no, we haven't, we, we haven't been in Humvees in a long time. And, uh, which is a blessing because they're not actually very strong. But the bed of our trucks were in the shape of a V underneath. And so that allowed the blast to go up and out away from our vehicle. And it protected us quite a few times from being blown up.
0: Talk about... Talk about the time that it didn't quite protect you.
1: <laughs> yeah. The the Taliban, uh, they're, they've they been at war their whole life. And so they fit, finally figured it out with my truck. And uh, they buried a 200-pound directional-charged IED. And what I mean by that is they put around round... Uh, I always tell people it's like a, a massive bullet that's probably about this tall and this wide. And... They put that on top of a 200 pound explosive. So when they picked my truck and the explosive went off, this round helped penetrate straight through that V bed underneath my truck and it actually went through for the first time in history. Mm. So it, it did a lot of damage. Um, it actually amputated uh, my legs, both my legs my left femur snapped in half, my pelvis snapped in half, my spine dislocated from my pelvis, Uh, my right arm was broken in half, and my right middle finger was amputated, but nobody needs that. And then (laughs) my four front teeth were knocked out from the steering wheel and the impact of the blast, and uh, shrapnel was actually penetrating my vest and chest, and uh, cut open everything except for my heart and my left lung. So I was pretty messed up, man. Mm. Yeah.
0: And from there on, it was a road to recovery, man.
1: A long road to recovery.
0: Yeah. Care to share any about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, at the time, I didn't even feel any of my injuries. I mean, when your adrenaline is pumping so hard, it's you don't feel it. But... Uh, Shortly after I had passed uh, into a a coma, I fell into a coma, Mm -hmm. and I was sleeping for a month and a half. And during that time, they had done surgery after surgery after surgery to keep me alive, um, keep me stable. I actually died twice on the operating table, and uh, they did so many things to try and keep me stable to bring me back to the United States because I was still, for about a week, week and a half, I was still overseas, and they brought me back to Walter Reed in D.C., before it became Walter Reed Bethesda, they combined buildings, and while I was there, it was brutal. I, I finally woke up from my coma, and even though I, I was trying to make a light of the situation, if you will, uh, I actually when i mentally woke up i pulled the cover off of um, my legs to see what had happened and i saw that they were gone and i looked at my dad and i was like well this is different (laughs) i couldn't change anything so why am i going to be upset but as time obviously continued and the medications were they were doing what they're supposed to do but with being on so many medications, they're going to have side effects. And so I was easily um, irritated, uh, angry, and all of those things. And it it brought in depression. So uh, it, was, it was a long road of healing. I was in the hospital for about a year. And um, then they transferred me from Walter Reed when they switched buildings, and brought me down to San Antonio, Texas, and that's when I started the process with prosthetics. Mm. Yeah.
0: I wanna, You're a musician, uh, you're an artist, you've got an incredible song, man, um, that you play yeah. that just really kind of just lights people's hearts up. First of all, I want to ask you have you always been the type of person that when something bad happens, like before your injuries, when something bad happened in your life, did you just say, okay, I'm going to make the best of it. Or did that happen when you woke up, lost your legs and said, okay, this is different. I'm going to make the best of it. What? Tell me about that. Like your mindset.
1: and I, well, I kind of grew up with bad things always happening. Honestly, uh, People think I lived a silver spoon lifestyle and I didn't. Um, I grew up pretty poor and uh, my parents were divorced and it was just uh, not the best situation. But um, I still did everything to just see the positive side and, and take care of what I needed to take care of. And so um, it wasn't until uh, the beginning of eighth grade And my dad gained custody of us, me and my little brother, and he immediately dropped us off at church. Like, and I'm saying immediately, he drove from uh, Columbus, Ohio, to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and that night dropped us off at a camp. (laughs) He's like, "I've already had enough of you guys for ten hours. Like, go get Jesus." (laughs) So, and I believe at that moment, even though I felt that I was always the one to see the brighter side of things and try and fight through the negative and anything bad happening in my life. It's, I was, the seed was planted to find true strength and that was in my faith. So when I was blown up and woke up from my coma and I couldn't speak um, right away because of the tracheotomy in my throat and everything. But during that time until I was able to speak and tell my dad how I felt, I knew the thoughts in my head were mine. So the fact that I had gone through everything that I just went through and I'm waking up from a coma and my thoughts were my own, I knew I was gonna be okay and I knew that that was because God was watching over me. And that's when I knew like, with him I could overcome anything and I can can see the positive over the negative, even though, yeah, everyone that goes through a negative, it stings for a while, or for a little bit of time, right? But I just, I'm a fighter. This is the military built me to be the best of the best, and how can I be the best of the best if I'm always depressed, mm-hmm. so.
0: Let's go to when you woke up on the, um, in the hospital. And you realized your legs were gone, and you realized that you couldn't talk, and that you realized you probably had, did you realize that things were going to be much different going forward? At what point did you say, I'm going to use everything that's happened to me to do some good and inspire? Um, your goal is what? What's your goal?
1: Your life goal? To impact a million plus people. Yeah. Inspire them and give them hope.
0: So at what point did you say, okay, despite everything that's happened to me? That's my mission.
1: So that's a difficult question because uh, if we want to be real here for a moment, it's, I I was still on medications at the beginning. I still, and they brought me down. Mentally, they brought me down. I People look at me now and they're like, wow, he's just over accomplished that. Everything that he puts his mind to. But there was a short period of time where there was, Probably about a dozen moments where I actually almost ended it because mm. I was tired of this. I was tired of seeing who I was in the mirror and being the different person, and I was just done. I'm I'm done being like this. I'm done living this lifestyle that of being an amputee and just not being the the me I remember, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was until uh, the end of 2012 where God spoke to me with Only a Mountain, the song that I heard on the radio. And he said, everything's gonna be okay. You're gonna get past this moment and you're gonna be able to be all right. And so he told me to pick up a guitar and I started music. Now, as a human and our simple minds that we have, I thought this is gonna be my therapy. This is how Because I was angry. I wasn't very, like, motivated during therapy and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, this music is going to be my therapy. That's going to be the key that helps me get through this junk, right? Well, I wanted to share that towards the end of uh, 2012. That's when I realized this song impacted me. Maybe I can impact others with me singing the song and telling my story and so that's when it all started and since you since
0: God spoke to you and you made that decision to use it for good talk about some of the
1: doors that have opened up for you we're going to be here all day let's do some some highlights let's do some highlights Uh, so the funniest part is the fact that my very first live gig ever after being injured like this. Now, mind you, I didn't ever have the guts to really step up front. I was a drummer before in my previous robotic life, right? Pre-robot. And I was furthest away from the front of the stage I could be. But now God says, no, I need you to be up front. I need you to tell your story and sing the way you like to. My very first live gig was the presidential inauguration in 2013. Hmm. As, a, as a singer? Um, frontman. I just learned guitar for three whole months <laughs> and yeah, they invited me to sing. Where'd you sing that? That was in D.C. Okay. Yeah. In front up of there. how many people? Oh, shoot. Um, Probably at least about a thousand maybe and then Little Did I Know is actually live on the radio at the same time. They had set it up to where it was live on the radio. Uh, which was really cool actually for me because the music video that I put of Only a Mountain on YouTube it's it went from only maybe a uh, thousand views at the time to over 30,000 views in a weekend, so that was really cool. Um, but then fast forward, God opened so many more doors. I mean, I've performed with Jason Castro, who is the artist of Only a Mountain, I've performed with Lee Greenwood, uh, Aaron Tippen, Neil McCoy. Tell me, tell me about. Now, now you had a, a,
0: one of your major goals was to perform with somebody that you really respected, the person that wrote that song.
1: Jason Castro.
0: And and tell me about that being fulfilled.
1: That was so awesome. I uh, It was funny because part of me was like, why isn't he calling? Why isn't he calling? And because uh, months would go by, right? Uh-huh. After I put the music video on there on YouTube. And... All of a sudden, I get the call from his manager, and uh, she's like, Hey, this is J.P. Lane, and yes, it is. I'm Jason Castro's manager. Yes. I'm like, see? Yes. So you saw this happen? Did you see yeah. it happen? Yeah, I, I I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know when it was going to happen, because I knew that God's not going to start something and then have it not finish. He's not going to do the entire Uh, Plan or whatever And I knew it That song impacted me I'm now turning around and using it to Hopefully inspire others So there's Why wouldn't it happen on the path That I'm on I'm I'm gonna try and Reach out and meet Jason Castro And even thank him because That song changed my life I mean he gave me hope So she gave me She called me and uh, it was very cool because she told me, Jason's going to be, he's on tour right now, and he's going to be in Andrews, Texas on a certain date. Can you make it? Jason wants to perform that song with you. I'm like, yeah, I can make it. It's only what? Eight hour drive? Yeah, I'll be there. So I drove. It was such a long drive, but I knew it was for a great purpose and finally being able to accomplish one of the things that I've been uh, wanting to achieve which is performing and thanking him for that song. So we drive over there, or I drive over there, and it's in a big massive uh, outdoor venue. It's, well it wasn't outdoor, it was just, it looked like a massive barn. Okay. It was huge. Um, but it was their local like convention uh, concert hall, if you will. And so, thousands of people were packed in that place. And I met him. We talked a little bit. Of course, he was a very, very nice guy. He was like, I like your virgin bedroom. Really, Jason? Really? It was so funny. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And it's just because I'm crippled. You don't have to be nice, nice. But... No, we joked around a lot, and then we got up there and we performed it, and it was awesome. It was really cool.
0: What do you think that did for him? Any idea? I mean, did he share anything?
1: Uh, well, I hope uh, if I'm pretty sure we talked, and I have the worst memory ever of remembering everything, but uh, I know he was inspired by my story, and he was impacted, and. When he saw the video, that's when he told his manager, yes, I want to perform with with JP. So, uh, I know that it definitely uh, gave him another push towards the fact that God is amazing and, and the miracles that he can do. And so, yeah, he's still doing music, I believe. He per, um, performs with his brother and sister or siblings now. And then... Uh, also at his church, I think he does worship now. So. Awesome. Yeah.
0: How about some other things? What is what is uh, what is you saying yes to God using you or you know you basically said despite all this I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push forward and and help others.
1: Yeah. Well, I now we love helping uh, nonprofits, uh, corporates. We we literally go. To wherever we can get in the doors and be like, look, I need to tell you a story and I need to tell you something that's awesome. And I don't care if you believe in God or not, but I'm going to tell you what I believe. And so it's so funny. For example, I'll go to schools and be like, hey, I'm a veteran, Purple Heart veteran. I was born up in Afghanistan. I would love to tell my story and they'll call me and bring me out on Veterans Day a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. All the military holidays, obviously. Gotta bring in a veteran for those. And I'll go there and there'll be a little hush-hush about talking about God and I'm like, okay. Then I'll get out in front of the entire school and faculty. So uh, let me tell you what God did in my life because it's awesome. <laughs> and it's just, we're, we're made to be bold. Right. And I'm going to be bold and strong in who I am and my story and my testimony. And so we go around uh, telling it to everyone who wants to listen. And we've I've been able to perform with many artists and telling my story at the same time. I always tell my story even during my performances. So it's not like I'm just every other artist just there performing, singing songs. Telling jokes here and there and then leaving I I tried to leave the audience impacted even though they were there for music and It's the most fun thing I could possibly do mm-hmm. and I've been doing it ever since mm-hmm. one of the The gigs that I just did uh, Actually here in Houston. I was able to sing with Gavin DeGraw mm-hmm. which was a dream come true as well. So I used to cover a lot of a lot of his songs He's a talented artist I I just love what I do.
0: Awesome, man. Well, you do a good job at it. Um, Let's talk about uh, what's coming up for you. Because you've got some cool stuff in the works, but I want to start out with your phone call from the NBA. Did you get a phone call from the NBA?
1: The NBA? Yes, I did, actually. I will be singing the national anthem this uh, Saturday uh, for the... San Antonio Spurs. Have you done that on a...
0: on a Have you done a national anthem on a big stage?
1: Mm, only at the presidential inauguration. But never for a sports team or on TV. So,
0: no. <laughs> That's going to touch a lot of people, man.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I'm st- Honestly, I'm actually still debating on what I want to wear. Because I, I went back and watched when I sang at the first presidential inauguration. Because now it's been two. The last two. But, uh... I was wearing khaki shorts and it was not necessarily stylish, which is now kind of how I like to dress, but at least it showed off both of my prosthetics. And I don't know, it kind of, I think when people see both of my prosthetics, they're a little bit more inspired as to just looking at one of my prosthetics. Yeah. So, I hear you. But I'm excited to sing the national anthem. I'm ready. Well you tell tell me tell tell the audience
0: a story about your Iron Man leg and how that came about. I love that story. Yeah. Man.
1: So And just so everybody knows, you
0: have an Iron Man leg.
1: I do. Yeah. I do have an Iron Man leg. That well, it all it all started in a negative way, which is really funny because everything negative eventually turns positive. You just gotta find it, right? And so I had been wearing I just got my prosthetics. I had been wearing jeans just normal like everybody else. And of course, with just learning how to walk again and getting two prosthetics, I was limping. There was a limp in there. And so, so many people would be coming up to me and asking boldly, why are you limping? Mm. And I'm like, of course, still a little frustrated at the time and still had been on a few medications before i completely cut cold turkey most of them and or all of them i should say and i would snap at them well you try being a double MPT, and they're like oh sorry we you're a double MPT, we didn't know i'm like of course you didn't know i'm hiding them behind my jeans and that that's when it clicked like i need to get it out i don't want to wear shorts i want to be able to wear pants but i don't want to wear pants to the point where people are always questioning that. Why is he walking funny? Why is he uh, limping? And so then I started rolling out one pant leg. My left one. Because it was also difficult for the, the left prosthetic that I have to bend and walk in jeans anyways. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to roll up the pant leg. And then people won't question. They'll know. So... It became a style Then my music career kept going and I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some cool stuff with this. And at first I started using duct tape, which I actually have on the current one that I'm wearing right now. I use different style of duct tape. And then the, this uh, little girl, in I was waiting in, uh, for an oil change in the waiting room. And I'll never forget because it was just the cutest thing ever. This girl, she's probably maybe four years old. Her mom's getting a soda. I'm sitting in uh, one of the chairs, just minding my own business. And a little girl comes up to her mom and then she's hugging her mom like this and looking at me, staring. She's a little freaked out by my prostates, kind of uh, like any person would be. Uh, and. I lean over and I'm like, do you know who Iron Man is? And the little girl's like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm Iron Man. And she looks, her face changed like. And she's just in awe of the fact that she's meeting Iron Man right now. She believed it. Yeah, and so (laughs) the nickname Iron Man stuck. After that, she was so happy they left the room. And I heard the little girl yell like, I just met Iron Man! It was the funniest thing I'll never forget. And from that moment I'm like, yep, I'm Iron Man. And the real Iron Man. Just in case yeah, he's, absolutely. he's watching. Yeah, And uh, and so, the idea of making an Iron Man prosthetic cover came about and I actually, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard it, it's called Prosthetic Ink. It's a really cool uh, prosthetic design company and I shipped them my uh, prosthetic cover, and they did the design, shipped it back, and it looks so good. So I use it for my special events, and I actually forgot it this time. I'm sorry. That's okay. But um, it's a cool-looking prosthetic. It is cool, man. Yeah.
0: It is cool. You've got some neat stuff coming up, but but I want to pause there because you said something you said something just now. You said when I decided to stop hiding my scar and you know um, your prosthetic legs. When you decided to stop hiding those, yeah. it actually what happened?
1: Like it probably it... catapulted me, honestly. Because when you stop hiding from something, when you stop fearing something or or trying to hide it from the world and it's not meant to be hidden, that's when it can be catapulted to the next level. I still have friends of mine and I love them to death, but they're still intimidated by the fact that they have prosthetics. And sometimes they try and hide them and I'm like, bro, that's who you are. Live it to the fullest. Don't be intimidated or, or scared about the fact that what do people think about me, I'm in prosthetics just live your life that's that's what I tell them because when I did that when I realized you know what I don't care anymore that I'm in prosthetics in fact I'm happier than I could possibly be and I'm with my two prosthetics I was even able to change my height Mm. so I'm now an inch taller than I used to be so with all these bonuses going on with prosthetics why not live a good life and that mindset started catapulting me to the next level. So,
0: And when you say catapulting you, is it... You talked about it last night, but is it is it about you? Is it about catapulting you?
1: Not necessarily. God, God is only waiting for you to not only have a relationship with Him, but realize your potential in His plan of what He has for you. So if you're sitting there, for example, you're hiding behind your fears, you're hiding behind oh i 'm in prosthetics or i'm this is going on in my life god 's just sitting there waiting i 'm ready for you to to get get through that because once you pass that once you realize that this isn't a bad thing it's not a negative that we can do some awesome good things with this i'm gonna let it go i'm gonna let it fly like the doors are just gonna you 're in one hallway and the doors are just gonna be opening and I realized that when that happened and I started uh, being able to realize, you know what, I, the whole purpose of me being here, because I died twice on the operating table, I shouldn't even be alive, the whole purpose of me being here is to inspire people through what I've been through, then it's not about me. It's about inspiring and impacting the people around me. It's about how can I bless other people with what I've been through. And that's what my wife and I live through on a daily basis to be able to inspire others. Yeah, so, speaking
0: of your wife, she's a great human. She is, yeah,
1: make, she's 100% human, yeah.
0: <laughs> so. You guys make a great team, and you have the best couple jokes. Yeah. You guys play off of each other's jokes.
1: Yeah, she likes to, she'll, she'll tell people if, if I'm bad, she'll take my legs away from me and won't give them back. Wow. Puts me in time out, I know, I know.
0: Um One thing, so I want share one of your favorite stories about you using what's happened to you to you and, and using it as as a gift to go out and encourage and, and inspire people to give us a story about somebody who's been inspired that that you've been able
1: to help like um, one of your favorites One of my favorites I was actually just telling my team that uh, on our way up here actually that one of my favorite moments that I'll never forget is so divine, it's, it's 100% God, and it's perfect. I woke up on a Sunday morning, and at the time I was going to a specific church in San Antonio. And I woke up, I'm like, okay, I got plenty of time, I'm going to get ready, I'm going to go to my church. The second I said that, God's like, no. No. I need you to go to this church. Now, to, to get everything lined up, maybe two weeks to a month prior, I was invited to go tell my story at a youth group at this church. Uh, like I said, I have the worst short-term memory, so I don't remember the name of it, but I was invited to speak at the youth group. So I went, I told my story. I definitely impacted the kids. They were so uh thrilled that I was not only there to tell my story, but they were able to see firsthand what god's gotten me through so now they're encouraged that you know what i can I can live through anything as long as I keep God right next to me i 'm good to go and so they were impacted of course the the um, pastors the youth pastors were there and so word must have spread and to the main pastor and I met him. Now fast forward, we're back to this, this day. God says, go to that church. Well, I'm having a conversation now because, uh, hello God, that's, if I go to that church instead of my church, I'm gonna be late to their church because theirs is further away. I'm gonna definitely miss uh, the worship set in the morning and I may not even get there till, who knows, during the beginning of the sermon. He's like, go. Go to that church. You'll see why. I'm like, okay. You don't want to say no to God because trust me, he'll just, you just don't. He'll close doors immediately. And so uh, I go to the church. I, I'm literally walking in there as they're finishing the last song and everybody is sitting down. This is exactly when I walk in. And I walk in and I'm trying to sneak in there and find a spot and sit down. And as soon as we all sit down, the pastor comes up. He's like, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? I just have to to stop here, right here. I just saw a man come in today that I think God brought him here for a reason. And y'all need to hear his story. J.P. Lane. What? Your heart starts racing. Oh, my goodness. This, That is a... I'm not a fan of being put on the spot necessarily, but that was one of those times. Like, J.P. Lane, do you mind coming up here and telling everyone your story? I don't have a choice at this point. Like, This is definitely where I needed to be because this is not happening just out of coincidence, right? So I go up. And I tell my story, tell everyone what God's brought me through and how I've overcome everything that I've been through. And afterwards, I leave. I'm walking down the center of, there's two sections of CD, and I'm walking down the center. And at the very back, there's a gentleman standing there. And he says, sir, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, yeah, how are you doing, sir? What, what do you want to say? And he's like, I came here one last time. And I said, God, if you don't talk to me today, if you don't speak to me today, I'm taking my life. I'm tired of this. He was ready to commit suicide that night. If he was giving God one more shot and he went to the church and he heard my testimony. And. Whew, I'm a man. But did I fight tears. Like every time I think about it. I fight tears. Because that man was giving God one shot. And God used me. To give him hope. That's more impactful than. Just being able to tell a thousand people my story. That didn't get that reaction. And. And. Yeah, that was one of the most... He literally said, I will go home, and I know God's watching over me. And if you can overcome the things you've overcome, I can certainly do the same thing. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for telling your story. Keep on doing it. And it's... Man, there's nothing better than being able to save a life through what I've sacrificed and been through. And it's, yeah, impactful. Wow. I think you may not
0: realize it and people may not be on the edge all the time, yeah. but they're on a, a edge, yeah. whether that's a, the edge of a, of a relationship or the edge of a drug habit or a drinking habit maybe, or a you know anger problem. And I think more than you know it, you inspire people to back off that edge and go, wow, he has gone through so much, and I heard these stories myself because yeah. you've come up here and spoke for our organization twice now. Mm-hmm. And I know for fact, people in the audience have shared with me before you came that they were wrestling through some tough stuff. And, I, and in fact, people that I know have wrestled with suicide. Yeah. And and you that happens more than you know it. Not yeah. everybody will come up and tell you that. Right. But but you are helping a lot of people, man.
1: Yeah. That. That is what makes me so joyful and continue doing what I do. Because I tell people, I could literally, I, I could be a couch potato if I wanted to. I mean, it's not much, but I'm getting a paycheck from the government because of my disability. And, and, or not the government, the, the VA. And I could just sit down and do whatever with my life. Just relax and calm. But that's not where God wanted me to be. And being able to bring that kind of impact to people. And I I may not hear all the stories, which is okay. Uh, As long as it does impact them and they go live life to the fullest, knowing that I'm able to do it so they can, that is all I need. And I mean, yeah, there's going to be, because not many people have the uh, the nerve to actually come up and be like, hey, this is my That's right. sucky story and, and I had to tell you, but I'm, thanks to you I'm going to overcome it. That's take, that takes guts, honestly. And the fact that even he told me, I've only had two people come up and tell me that, that they were, weren't going to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Only two. And I'm pretty sure I'm over 100,000 people that I've spoke at so far it's in the last six years. So that shows you that it's not—it's difficult to come up and tell someone your struggles, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's—I'm not—I'm not in it to to be like, tell me how you how it changed you. I'm not in it. I want to see it. That if they're like, they become friends or uh, followers on my Instagram or Facebook, and they go from the moment that they're in that I may not have known about, but now they're living a good life in a fulfilled life, that's all I gotta see. Because I did my job at that point. And so that's that's all we wanna do is impact people's lives and maybe open their minds to see something that's different, that other people around them have worse struggles. I'm reminded every day that there's friends of mine who are triple amputees and quadruple amputees, or they're paralyzed, or they're burn victims. So I honestly look at the fact that I'm missing two legs and that's not even an issue. I'm like, whatever. That's nothing compared to what those guys struggle with or go through on a daily basis. And that brings me inspiration. So I obviously want to turn around and give the same thing to others. So.
0: Yeah, well you're doing that. And you said there's only been two, but yeah. all it takes is one.
1: Yeah, So it is. As- I tell people, actually, I was just telling um, some people that even if I changed one life for the entire time I've been an amputee and told my story, that all the sacrifice, the pain, the torture that I went through, that was all worth it if I just saved one person's life. Yeah. You're totally right. worth it. You're right. Yeah.
0: Um, you've got some good stuff coming up, man. So let, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you've got... Uh, You've got a book coming out in September. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait for this thing to be released. Uh, I am so excited. First off, you have to look at it from my perspective. The army didn't teach me how to read, so I'm not a reader. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Okay. <laughs> just for the audience. But an avid uh, reader. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do read the Bible, uh, but. I'm, I don't really like reading honestly, and I've tried to do it so many times. This is why I love Audible. They read it for me. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I'm a person who doesn't really like to read, wrote a book, that's that's an accomplishment. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. And that I spelled everything right. That's that's a, one of the most amazing accomplishments. And so I'm so thrilled because this book has It's not just about me. I I I came up with the idea that I want people to hear the other sides, not just like, oh, he was blown up. This is what happened when he was blown up, and all that stuff. Yeah, that's my stories in there. But also in my book, you have my medics' perspective, who was with me. You have um, the my I believe my chaplains. Perspective my commander's perspective you have all these different um, What's going on? While we were in Afghanistan from different soldiers that I was deployed with which is super cool I I love the fact that it goes and you're pretty much able to know Well, well what was his commander doing at the time and stuff so but the best part is my dad's perspective and my family What were they doing? and what was going on during all of this because what my family was going through even while i was being blown up was just nuts it's crazy and so for them to even get that call like hey your son is on his deathbed you might want to get your stuff uh and go to the hospital to see him it's like When is he going to quit? And I'm not going to give all the details, but this book, just reading it through myself as writing it and reading everybody else's perspective, I'm like, this is going to be a cool book. I believe in it so much, I'm going to buy the first one. (laughs) So yeah, it's, I can't wait. What's it going to do for the reader? Oh my goodness. If it's already doing what I wanted it to do for me and my wife and those of us that that are helping put it together, it's, it's gonna impact them beyond belief. Because there's, I, I wanna say it but I just can't because I'll give it away, but it, there's so many pieces in this book that are like mind blowing of what me and my family have gone through. And that if we all put our faith in God to overcome everything we were going through, And we all came out on top. Mm -hmm. It's it's powerful. Mm -hmm. Like this book is going to be powerful. If they they go from the beginning to the end. And there's just nothing inside. Then I'll give them their money back. Because there's going to be moments where they're going to be crying. There's going to be moments where they're going to be laughing. There's going to be moments where they're going to be like, oh my goodness. This is insane, and I'm excited because we're going to release it September 11th, and it's pretty much ready. I could have released it July 2nd, which is my blast anniversary, or what we call our alive day uh, in the amputee world. And I could have released it that day, but I didn't want to put the focus all on me. The reason I joined the military in the first place was September 11. Was the Twin Towers falling and 9-11. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give the respect that date is due and release it on that day. So, it's going to be the most impatient waiting process of of my life. But, it'll be well worth it. Because it's such a good day to release a, a patriotic, uplifting book. So, it's exciting. Awesome, man. Yeah. Let, me, let
0: me ask you this. I love asking this question. Where's what, What's going on in JP's life 10 years from now?
1: Ooh, what, 10 what's, years. What's the vision? 10 years from now, there's so many uh, things that God has put in, in my path right now that we're actually going to be starting soon. And so I have obviously goals that I want to set as a personal achievement and things that I would like to do and accomplish uh one of them being a best-selling author when it's always going to be hilarious to say i was a best-selling author but i hated to read and write so but it's a goal because i want to inspire a million plus people so uh obviously doing that i am working on a new record right now a new album that i'll be releasing and then when's that gonna release the goal is the end of the year, um, but I might do it 2020 just because that's a cool date. That is a cool date. Yeah, and so, you got to do cool things. Yeah, and uh, so and we is might this do your
0: original music or yeah
1: covers or no wrote? all original music. You wrote these songs. Yeah, I'm very excited because one of the songs I wrote, it's called "I'll See You Again." It's a song I just wrote for my best friend who was killed in Afghanistan uh, while we were deploying. His name is Justin Ross. And I wrote that uh, specifically for him. Now, I've only performed that song maybe once or twice. And the very first time was an honor. I sang it back in my hometown in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I invited Justin Ross's parents to the concert. And they were there. Ooh, That was the most emotional event I've ever performed at. And so that song will be on my upcoming album. There's a song that I wrote for Purple Heart Veterans that I actually meant to be for veterans, but it ended up... uh, It was kind of cool how as I'm writing a song, it gets twisted, and it's not from me. So I meant to write it for the veterans, and what ended up happening was I wrote a song that the purpose, the whole purpose behind it is sometimes the veterans, we kind of, there's moments where we get on a high horse and we're like, yeah, I served and I did that so I deserve everything, right? And it's, I don't like seeing that mindset from any of us because our, we're supposed to serve the country. And when you serve, you're not up here. Mm-hmm. When you're serving, you're down here. You remain humble and you serve. And so I, it was a reminder during the song, it's called Gave It All Up. And it's a reminder to the veterans that, look, dude, I don't care if you uh, got one bullet through the chest or you lost every single limb for this country. Jesus gave everything. He gave his whole life. And so it's kind of a reminder, like, look, we we've been through some tough times, but we got to remember that God gave everything when he gave his only son. And so it's actually my first and only Christian song that I have right now. So that will be on my album. Mm. And then, of course, uh, continuing with my normal pop funk style, I have some upbeat, fun, love songs that I wrote. And I even have a new ukulele song. Awesome. Yeah, so it's going to be a cool, fun roller coaster ride of an album, too. So it's exciting.
0: Awesome. Um, ten years from now, is there a movie out? What is, what's going on with that?
1: Well, I don't know. I I might need to find some actors that that know how to <laughs> yeah, do but, that kind of stuff. But you got somebody in mind, right? Do you, so <laughs> let,
0: let's say uh, let's say we get the because is one of your goals to put out a movie? Yeah, a, definitely. A
1: I yeah. I definitely want to put out a movie. I actually can see the book turning into a movie pretty easily, uh, only because it has a pretty unique story behind it, and um, everybody has asked well, who's the character that's gonna. That's gonna play you uh-huh. and so i'm I'm a jokester right hundred percent I, I love to joke around and live life and so immediately I'm like who else would be perfect for my spot except for Kevin Hart obviously obviously we're we twins choice we're we are twins so yeah it's so funny people I don't think I've met anyone that's like mm, no that doesn't that doesn't work out they' they laugh every time. So, cause they know it's true, it's true. He's ultra
0: talented, he, he could probably do a really good job.
1: Hey look, after his last movie, have you, uh, what's the name of that, I see worst memory right here. Um, it's the one where he is taking care of a guy who becomes paralyzed. Okay. He's a, the, the gentleman is a billionaire, he becomes paralyzed and Kevin Hart takes care of him. That was a serious movie. Now he's a comedian, so he killed it mm-hmm. in that movie. So, if he can do both sides of the spectrum, he's got that talent, like you right. said, yeah. Yeah. But... Very cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm just... If it becomes a movie, whoever is acting in it, it, it will be awesome. I know it will be. So, That's right. And it would just be an honor just to have my story on the big screen. So, That's right. Yeah. Well, man, you
0: inspire a lot of people, and, and when I think about you... Um, I think about a lot of things, but one, one thing that I want to leave with people is, uh, life and ex- I heard this quote once, actually I heard it on the Tim Ferriss podcast. It's from Anise Nin. She says, life expands and contracts yeah. in proportion to your courage. Yeah. And you've got a lot of courage and it's obvious to see where it comes from, from your heart and from God yeah. and you inspire a lot of people. Um, so where can people find out more about you?
1: Yeah, they we have Facebook, Instagram. I would love for everybody to follow me on Instagram.
0: So how do they follow you on
1: Instagram? JP Lane or JP Lane official? Yeah, if they look JP Lane official up, they can find everything. Okay. For that. And then we actually just launched our new website. Very excited about that. It's jpsjourney.com. So we will be seeing everybody on social media and they can actually send their story in to our website. We have a spot there that they can type in their story and let us know what they've gone through and how God's got them through everything. And even if they're not through it yet, we could pray for them and they can still tell their story. So we want to be interactive. We're not just gonna be like, hey, thanks for the the likes and the clicks and all that stuff. No, we want to interact with with the people that are touched by what we're doing. So it's going to be, a, I'm excited for this, the rest of this year and moving forward. Good man. Well, you're doing a good job and um,
0: you designed a shirt that I'm wearing.
1: Yeah. What, what's you make the it deal, look good. What's the deal behind this shirt? <laughs> uh, so everyone was doing the American flag with a strip of a yeah. certain color that represented a certain thing, right? Uh, whether it's the police with the blue stripe, the firefighters in EMS with the red stripe and so on and so I was looking around and doing my homework and I'm like are there anything for the Purple Heart veterans and I couldn't find it not a one one bit so my wife and I we were like you know we got to get on that right now and, and take it so we put the Purple Stripe and it represents every Purple Heart veteran who has ever uh, sacrificed and been hurt for this country's freedom. And on top of it, we decided to add the my favorite one of my favorite mottos, which is never give up, never surrender. And we tell people that because that's what the military taught me. And it, no matter what we're going through in our lives, it doesn't matter how difficult it may seem or how hard it may be to get through it, we're going to get through it. You just change your mindset and tell yourself, never give up, never surrender. It doesn't matter if they were in the military or not, they're going to be able to get through. And so we encourage people with that motto and just keep spreading it. So we put it on a shirt and it, it looks good. Everybody that wears that shirt, I'm telling you, like my wife was wearing it the other day. My buddy Vince was wearing it yesterday, making it look good. Now you, it's like, we just need to put these shirts, everybody needs to wear their shirt. so and they can find them where? They can find it on our website. Okay. Yeah, they can get them on our website. Okay. So we've been selling out, so it looks like we need to make more. <laughs> but any so, uh, Anything else you want to
0: tell the, the people listening or watching? Anything else?
1: I just... I want to be able to tell you guys that if you're feeling down, if you're feeling like there's no hope, trust me, I've been there. We've all been there. But... If you take a step back and take one second to realize maybe if you gave it to God and realized that with Him you can get through all of this, that you can accomplish anything. You can overcome anything. And everything that we're going through in this life, it is only a mountain. And you can tell that mountain to move and get past it. And I just encourage them to take that time. Don't rush into the negative thoughts. Take the time and be like, you know what? Things are going to get better. And did I tell you my favorite, my favorite phrase? Tell me. Life is like a nine volt. I think I, I, think I might have brought that up last night. And life is like a nine volt battery. If you look at the top, there's two terminals. The small one is the negative. So whatever negative is happening in our life, it's right there. But there's always a bigger terminal next to it, the positive terminal, which means there's a bigger positive once we get past this negative. So just be patient and get yourself through it and you'll see the positive that's right around the corner.
0: That's good, man. Well, you're an inspiration to me. You've blessed my life and I appreciate you. I'm proud of you, man, and I want to do anything I can to help share your story with other people because it's going to help well over a million people. Amen. Yeah. So, good job. You got a lot of people behind you, man. Thank Put you. Up the good work. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Our mission for this podcast is to bring you stories about veterans, entrepreneurs, and leaders who are doing fascinating things with their lives. Our hope is to inspire you because we believe that inspired individuals will change lives, both theirs and others for the good. Vel Institute is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we're asking for your support. There are two ways to do that. One, by getting involved with our mission, and two, by contributing financially. Please visit VellInstitute.org, that's
1: V-E-L-Institute.org, to help us make an impact.